Growing a business is hard, but it does not have to be. Once a week, we take a break from the hustle and bustle in business to talk about innovations and what's new in the C-suite. This is the Fractional C-Suite Retreat, and I'm Joseph Frost. Pull up a seat at the fire, grab a drink, smoke a cigar, and just join me as we relax, learn, and get inspired. This retreat is sponsored by Your CMO, helping organizations grow with better marketing strategy. Welcome, everybody. Um, my guest today is a visionary. He's an entrepreneur, very innovative entrepreneur, certified Microsoft programmer. Uh, he's the CEO and founder at Jago Technologies. Welcome, Frederick Apagane. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you very much, Josh. I, Joseph, I really do appreciate you having me on your uh, podcast, and I'm looking forward to learning more from you and sharing my story and journey. Yeah, I've and been excited time. for this uh, since our last conversation. You were sitting, I think, uh, on the beach in, in Hawaii, and uh, yeah. now you're, you're somewhere inland, I know. so uh, I'm, I'm in Columbus, Ohio, so the opposite yeah. of that. Opposite end of the, of the, of the climates, at least. Um, well, yeah. good. Let's just jump right in with my, the first question I like to ask guests is, um, you know, from your perspective as a, as a CEO and founder, what are some of the opportunities that you see at the C-suite level that maybe other C-suite members aren't seeing or, or could learn from? Um, definitely one of the things I actually would start with is, you know, the, on the inside of the company is, my approach to getting employees that stay around is kind of like the Phil Jackson approach. I just actually finished reading his book, uh, one of his books, and that was, again, another great takeaway. But that's been the approach since I started Jaguar, and, you know, especially Jaguar. I have all the businesses that run themselves. But going out there to recruit top performers in their roles, treating them like stars in their roles, and selling them the why, uh, culture-wide they would be joining us and creating an environment that will foster the development of their own personal goals, their visions, whatever it is that makes them come alive. I like to learn about that and see if it's possible for us to create that environment in our company. Because again, you know, one of the biggest problems that's also expensive in companies is that churn, you know, the replacement of the new employee of employees having to have, uh, you know, start again, the learning curve, that's expensive, you know? So if we could reduce how many times, you know, how many times I have to replace a team member or a specific role, that saves us time as a company, allows us to move faster. So that's one of the things that I would uh, mention uh, right now. Yeah, one of my favorite coaches of all time and I uh, was a big, big fan of the, the Bulls growing up. So uh, what a great... Uh, what a great leader he was and uh, what a great team he produced with those superstars that he, he was able to find and make work together. So now you've got these individuals that you can share um, your vision with and get them excited and make sure they fit their wise. But then how do you work? How do you make them work together? That was his other secret. That I think that I, don't, I think it's just so important at the sea level that everybody's working together. But what, what are some of the ways that you've done that? Uh, on my side, uh, so again, the name of the book, I've tried to pull out some other ones too. The Eleven Rings is the name of the book. Uh, and title there, just like you said, it was able to create a great team. Um, one of the reasons I sought out to, to study his methods was first of all, I played the game of basketball. So I'm a team player. So I love working with other people. I don't believe in celebrating wins by yourself. Obviously, we all have individual personal goals that we all go after. But I love winning with people. It's just so much more fun. You know, yes. It's, it's so much more fun when you win with, with people that you, you know, you face this obstacle together. You had to go through turbulences and all that. And then you come out victorious. You know, there's a different feeling. It's electrifying. And it's kind of like, a, it's kind of like a high that I go after. When, you know, winning with people because it takes the community to build anything. So now how do you win with people? In order to win with people, you guys have to work together. Just like you're talking about Phil Jackson was probably the greatest at doing that. 11 rings, right? That was the title of his book. You have to know how to, you have to understand people first, right? Yeah. Before you can even lead people effectively. And I'm still a student of that 
of people, you know, the, the psychology behind how people think. And that's a big part of what we do in technology. And you're in marketing. So you, marketing is now pretty much driven by tech. It's pretty much tech, a tech field right now because all the data and software applications and all those different things that have to be used in order to drive, drive um, growth or conversion results. Um, whereas with us, we're thinking about, okay, when we create this product, this design, when we place this button here, how is, how is that going to impact them psychologically? How is this color going to impact them psychologically? So we're not just only engineers in a way you have to take on the psychological uh, lens. So you have to understand what makes this person feel a certain way, right? Because you can't manage everyone the same way. And that was one thing he mentioned. Like when he got, so he worked, well, he coached the Lakers and he coached the Bulls. And um, the key thing I noticed was his ability to listen to his players. Even when him and Kobe had issues initially, if you remember, um, Kobe almost had him, well, Kobe had him suspended mm-hmm. from what I remember. So, and they ended up being great. They ended up working great together. So when, when that happened, Phil Jackson went back to look at what he had done wrong and learn more about Kobe again as a person. What makes this guy tick or what makes him happy and what does not make him happy? And he brought a new method. So for me on my side, what I do is I like to, I like to get personal, even though a lot of the typical approach in corporate America is not getting too personal. I like to get personal. Because when it's personal, first of all, no, not personal, like in sense of business, you know, when they say don't take it personal, it's business, not like that, more so understanding the person. Like, how's your family? You know, why are you up till, you know, one o'clock working on the company? Do you have a friend, you know, hobbies? What are other things that you like to do and enjoy? So once I understand that person, um, obviously, all those things doesn't give me a full understanding of the entire person. It takes time. But every conversation, I want to take something away about that person um, so I can improve my leadership approach with them. So yeah. there's no friction. So that's one, that's one of the ways that I just, you know, get, let them know me as well on a personal level, share certain personal obstacles or things I'm, I find challenging, those personal challenges. And it's, give them opportunities to share advice with me. Yeah. So we're, we're in a very interesting um, age of business. When you think about being personal and, and getting to know the person, um, can you imagine playing basketball on zoom? Like we have taken the entire personal interactions away from our business relationships, but yet are right. expected to still have some level of personal personal in connection. So how have you noticed that? Or have you noticed that? That's, that's a, it's a real challenge, I think, for people these days, especially at the C-suite. It is. So for me, I, I mean, I was, I'm an in-person communicator, right? And I love, I've traveled, live in different countries, Africa, Nigeria, Senegal, Gambia, Europe, America. Um, it's like you mentioned earlier, Hawaii. Key thing I like, I, I see just looking at the different cultures, how people think. Um, but going back to what you said, nothing replaces in-person communication. Like I met you digitally. I think you're a great guy so far. <laughs> great to have a conversation with. Like we're having this conversation, we're having this conversation via Zoom which could be known via coffee or drinks or dinner, lunch, how it used to be typically, right? Right. But I believe there's pros and cons, right? This allowed us to save time. You can, you know, you could quickly, you know, you have a t-shirt. The only reason why I have this suit in time is because I just came from another meeting that was in person, which is close, close by. So uh, I feel like it's given way to enabling a more lax culture in corporate America, mm-hmm. right? You know, the trend of the half suit and time, you know, half pajamas, yeah. right? That's, <laughs> again, and there, I've seen parties where, oh, not parties, where work parties or work events where they've had people dress like that to 
you know, show what your at home office attire is or yeah. work yep. from home attires. So that when people, I feel like that gives room for people to get relaxed and that, that, in that, in that sense, they, it could help with longevity as well. Because mm-hmm. when they feel relaxed and they feel like they have some type of autonomy, which they should have, that's like the number one thing humans strive for is autonomy, control of our own personal lives. Okay, I could do this. So it allows them to give more towards the company as well. Um, but I do think it definitely, there's certain things that it took, you know, some people are really, a lot of people have actually adapted to like virtual coffee or virtual happy hour, things of that nature. I still don't think it replaces human in-person communication. However, with the technologies and those haptics devices and stuff like that that allows you to feel through Oculus. Like I just got my daughter the Oculus lens um, a few weeks ago. And, you know, again, I've always been a big fan of AR, not just fan, but builds AR, VR solutions through my innovations lab company above that. And Jaguar actually also has an AR experience that will be released soon to the public so they can see what the pod looks like in person and all that. Uh, so I've always been curious about how we'll communicate and still get to engage our other senses. Yeah. Right. So that's interesting. I got two stories to share. One is I had a meeting on Monday with a client. It was a half day meeting and I had done two weeks earlier, a full day virtual meeting with his team and uh, like five people on his team, but, and I was piped in virtually and I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fly to New York for your half day meeting. And I want to check a trip to New York anyway, visit my daughter. I'm not going to charge you more, but I'm going to show up and do the half day and we're going to do it in person. And when we met in person, the dynamic was exponentially better. I mean, I I hugged the guy. I only met him twice before on the, when we left, like it was, you know how it is. You just meet somebody, you get a connection and the team was more engaged. We still had another person remote. Right. So there was still that element to it. But because I was there, I just had a much stronger sense of connection. Uh, and then the other story I'll share is I was just on a call a couple of days ago with an IT company that I do some work with, and um, they're into multi-energy haptics, which we can talk about that. It's pretty fascinating um, right. tech that they've, they've got some IP around. But we decided that we're going to start doing, because we are, are, we are all remotely located from Canada to LA to Omaha, Nebraska, where I'm from. We're going to start doing Oculus uh, weekly meetings and see, if, that. see what that experience is going to feel like because that's kind of where I think these it's going. meetings start to go to. Yes. Yeah. So that's the plan. I love it. You know, you know, I was, the reason I was smiling is because again, I, before Jego, like seven years ago, I, I, I used to sell AR solutions to businesses. It was so premature. It was expensive and premature. Yeah. When I say sell, you know, I, was, I started my software business as the sole engineer years ago. So I will go sell and then build the software applications myself. So I, would, I, I wasn't selling to just anybody. It was, again, price points. So I would just pick, you know, certain businesses uh, that came into our pipeline along with, like, uh, we did some work as architects. So I've, I've always been a fan of, of this technology because of the power it the opportunity to first of all, if you're in here, I'm here in Columbus and you're in Omaha, right? Or Nebraska. Yep. Yep. So it allows us to connect. I don't know you personally. I haven't met you in person, but I feel like I know you. And I, I know Josh, right? We could yep. grab a beer or drink after this. Or, you know, that's the power of, you know, these technologies. So like you just mentioned, they're using Oculus. Like, you, are you familiar, familiar with Microsoft HoloLens? No, I've not used any of, I've not ever, I'm not a gamer. My son is, I've never put on one of those, anything like that. So this Oculus experience is going to be a first time for me in the, the VR, AR world. So I'm excited. It's about amazing. It. Yeah. So Microsoft HoloLens is a step higher than, uh, it's also more expensive. The HoloLens like 500 and Microsoft HoloLens. The reason I mention that is because it's actually designed for what you're doing. But okay. HoloLens has the feature where you can work remotely, you know, everyone has their avatars and such. Where the Microsoft HoloLens uses AR, so it makes it feel like you're in the same office in the boardroom. You've seen like uh, Westworld? Yeah. Or yeah. Any, of like, you know, any of those sci-fi shows where they show, it looks like the person is in front of you. The only difference, those guys don't use glasses. It's like 
uh, a hologram. So you should definitely check out Microsoft uh, HoloLens. I believe for when I tried it out with my daughter, I believe Oculus actually has a similar technology that they have. Obviously not the same one. So you'll be good with Oculus, but definitely what you just mentioned, I was smiling because I'm like, man, this is really happening right now. It's accelerating. It wasn't supposed to happen to like 2030, 2025, and the pandemic sped up the timeline. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did speed up a lot of things. It made a lot of things more acceptable. Um, We've been been providing services, fractional CMO services for clients virtually from day one. Our first client was out of town. but then Amazing. now it's just, it's an expectation that that's part of the service. Before we had to kind of work around that as an objection. Now it's like, oh, what do you mean you want to come meet me in person? <laughs> like, yeah, I want to do that. Yeah. Uh, that's so, I, it's, it's, it's amazing. And that's, again, with companies like Jago, that's what we're, similar to what you did with your fractional CMO is, again, allowing people not to, you know, again, the word, but business name sells itself, right? So that's the same thing with us is being able to address that convenience need, bring in things, products and services that you need using the autonomous electric pods to your location. So again, insight, again, this, this is tied to what we're doing, right? So that's what we're after is, you know, selling that is giving you back more time convenience, giving you back your time that you can use for more productive, productive things. And that's why people love these things. Like, like your client said, what do you mean you want to meet me in person? I have other things that I want to do with that time. Right. It's the one hour via Zoom. As soon as you get off the phone, you can go right up or go out, go wherever you need to go to, go to your room, go Go see my my daughter, whatever. (laughs) Right after immediately, you don't have to commute. You don't have to get on a plane. So it's not just the money you're spending on commuting, it's that time, yep. right? And we're realizing, again, we're in a capitalist-driven world, I understand, but we're realizing there's more to life than chasing that nine to five every day or chasing that business idea or business or building a businesses or whatever it is that we were doing prior to the pandemic that was, this is the norm. Right. The pandemic came, showed us that there's other options. First of all, there was a lot of problems that, that were um, brought up, such as not being able to have access to health care when you needed it, mm-hmm. um, which is, again, going back to the fractional CMO and convenience, which led to a surge in the demand for telemedicine. Yep. Right. The need for contactless, which is kind of why Zoom took off as well. Contactless mm-hmm. communications, remote communications also lets the same uh, acceleration um, or lets the fact, lets the acceleration in the robotics autonomous space as well. So what, just seeing the mindset over time, I mean, it's definitely across the board, the last two years, and it's crazy, there's been two years already, uh, right. almost two years, pretty much two years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah it's I, think, been I, think it was, I remember it was March 13th. I was in um, Florida for the player championship golf event. And we, we showed up on a Thursday, right? Uh, it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday event. We went to the Thursday event Thursday night. They said they're canceling Fridays for, for um, uh, visitor for, for spectators. And later that night they canceled the whole tournament. So we booked our tickets, flew back Friday. And that was the beginning of pandemic. I, comp- I totally remember that day, that whole weekend. I was, I was in Cincinnati with my wife Mm -hmm. the day before the lockdown, I believe. And that was like our last time out for like a year. Yeah. So we didn't know that was, we didn't, we thought it was only two weeks because it's never happened, right? In modern economics history, right? Here's your modern economics. Because you you can't imagine the possibility of the world shutting down for months. It's a disaster. And we're still, the world is still recovering from that disaster that took place that was unimaginable yeah so tell me about jago i think you've got a very uh, innovative product you're working on solution you're working on i'm just really curious about how you got started in that uh in that space certainly certainly as we were just chatting um uh, you know 
I started as an engineer years ago as a teenager and over time my brain became used to whenever I see a problem I solve it with technology and I worked on different types of technology solutions from software to hardware we worked on IoT um, a lot of electric always been pro sustainability come from a manufacturing background with our family business it's been around since 1985 worked on a lot of products and industrial related products so I've always had that brain of using building things to solve problems or that mindset. So during, the, during uh, in 2018, I experienced uh, an inconvenient uh, experience where I lost a loved one in a car accident. It took, it, took, uh, it took the EMT about four hours to arrive at his location. And again, which goes back to convenience and time, right? So it took four hours. It's a very long time. You talk about medical emergencies, right? Uh, so he did have basically have the opportunity to fight for his life in the medical with medical attention. So that was where it started, and I wanted to again create a solution to solve a problem, a pain that I experienced. Because most of my business solutions I've always that I've created are start with personal experience or someone else that I know. Obviously, not, I'm not trying to solve every single problem, but the ones that are personal to me or that I see others would find value, I would attempt and to create solutions to that. So that's how it started in 2018. Um, I was also already working on other technology businesses and startup at the time that was focusing on demand uh, services being curated on the platform. And we were supposed to create the product, the autonomous vehicles owner of that company. However, from a marketing perspective and just an investment perspective, we decided to pivot and separate the two. Um, that company got on the NASDAQ tower, had investors, customers, all that, worked with WeWork, the organization. So we already had a good understanding of the customer base in the sense of uh, how people think, for, think about convenience. We knew the market was there. We also mm -hmm. knew the kinks behind platform business models. Um, and my company is built uh, platform business models for so many startups and businesses globally. So I, I can't say I'm a platform business expert because I've worked on over 30 different software applications re re related to that. And I love it because of the ability for it to create value for businesses long mm -hmm. after the investment. Mm -hmm. So that's how I would start. I'll, I'll share my tips on, on that, on the other stuff regarding platform business models later in the conversation, if that if we get to that. Uh, so 2020, as we're, we, again, we're, we've kind of had this conversation and I love the flow of it. So the 2020 part was when the pandemic kicked off, when we had to be at home and the need for convenience and um, led or created a perfect business opportunity to introduce autonomous electric vehicles. And over time that has continued to this, the, the, um, this year has created a perfect opportunity from our EV charging solutions, because we have electric vehicle charges as well. We're getting ready to build out our electric vehicle charging station hubs where the Jago pods will be stored. So we'll be opening that to other EV owners as well. So there's been the market. It's really a, a situation where I identified data that was inspired from my experience, building IoT, smart city solutions, trading, you know, mid-range, decent amount of stock options, right? Made a decent amount of money from it. My favorite stock options companies or tickers were EV-related companies globally, from America to China. Who were the from Neo, Tesla, Lucid, and it's interesting because I, I was at the Lucid facility recently, and I will share a story on that if you want me to share a bit, but I don't think I can share too much on that. But nonetheless, the market created a perfect opportunity. So it's data-driven, market-driven. There's a need for immobility on a government level and on a private level. So being that I've, I have over 15 years of business experience, I saw the perfect opportunity to use a problem that 
uh, sorry, user solution that created to a personal problem in 2018, mm -hmm. right? And uh, to introduce that now, as opposed to 2025, 2030, when the market will become saturated. And it's like, you're clawing in to get, you wouldn't be able to get in at that time. You'd be pushed yeah. out. That's what will happen at that time. So I know it's a long road from infrastructure development to having the fleets on the road and all that. So we, I wanted to start early with that process because it's a race 2025 and 2030, right? So by starting early, we get to have access to certain resources and partnerships. Um, and obviously there will be obstacles and there will be hurdles, but we'll be able to jump over them. So that's that was that's the story behind Jericho as to how we started it. Um, we saw the opportunity to seamlessly connect autonomous electric vehicles to customers using IoT infrastructure, a mobile app where they can see where it is, what product or services in that part currently, wait time and all that, um, and request that service or product to be brought to them. It will also be used for transportation in certain markets. In the US market, because the, the approach to it being used for product and services is because of regulations as well in the US market. Other markets in Europe, for example, it's they're allowed to use for transportation for longer miles. In the US, it's shorter miles. So that's why we use the other approach of commerce first, which ended up being uh, apparently pioneering solution in the space. And um, we are, you know, we've been able to secure investment from investors, angel investors, venture partners, and we were approached by Start Engine to have our campaign to raise money on there. We're raising a million on there. Um, and we have been getting really good traction um, from the public. Right now it's about 80,000, a little over 80,000. We've raised over 150 from angel investors and we're, we're continuing to raise more for our C round and we're getting ready for our Series A as well. Yeah. So the pod is essentially a, a working pod. Um, that's uh, sustainable EV powered, uh, but it has some, trans some transportation capabilities. Correct. It will have, yeah. It actually, you do have like. Is a there model. a prototype? In, has there been a prototype <laughs> or, yeah, your model stage? Okay, this is a model right now in front of us. So, what it looks like. That one's wood carved. This is 3D printed. So, we have phases. Um, as you know, in deep tech. So current, the current phase where we are, we already have our um, prototype that is currently being made. Um, and we're getting ready for production as well. So that we're not just building to have a prototype that's been tested for the next couple of years. We're working with large scale manufacturers that are able to create these at scale. Yeah. So the biggest part for us is the top hat, right? That's this, that's also 3D printed. The top hat has to be made and created using different materials and composites for that. And then obviously the biggest part, the brain of the computer uh, with the modules and the chassis, um, that's the crucial part of it. But build, that's already ready. That's ready to go. That's good. We have partners for that. Our partner for the top hat is in Italy and we'll be making more announcements on that uh, soon as well. Very the cool. Same company that worked on uh, Lamborghini and Ferrari. Okay. Yeah, so, so they, they specialize in what we're working on. So how do you, um, how do you take this vision and, and like what, what are the, what's been the biggest, I guess, challenge for you to bring in this to life in the last couple of years? Capital. Capital? Right. What, so, and what do you need the capital for? We're building the product. We're building, building the product. Yeah, building the product, and we we already have. Um, so we already have a non-working prototype. Again, as mentioned, without the chassis and the corner modules, right? So the next phase for us is getting those corner modules, which are very expensive. And also we have to build our hubs, our routes, the different parts to this, which is why we started with that EV charging station is figuring out a lower way to reduce our costs, get more partners involved. We have to build our routes, map our routes out. We have to establish our communication protocols. We have to establish where our energy 
uh, infrastructure would be, who is providing energy, which is why we decided to keep that in-house, because we figured out how to make our energy source cheaper, as opposed to working with someone else. And we'll be able to allow others to uh, use those EV charges. That allows us think about the Amazon model with the books. Books wasn't their end all be all. They just used it to get people into their ecosystem. So we're using the EV charging to get people into our ecosystem. We have an EQS, that's the electric S class. So I know as a customer for EV needs that there isn't, there's actually something called, there isn't sufficient rather, uh, supply uh, or availability of EV charging. Uh, there's something called charger wars that's currently going on. So again, our goal is to have a thousand charging stations across our, across our hub locations globally. That's a small fraction compared to the goal. In the US, there's 13 million charging stations that's needed, right? So all, all of us are working together to bring our own contributions to meet these sustainability goals, mm -hmm. right? Our contribution is opening up our hubs to how, allow other EV charging or EV owners to use them as opposed to just closing them up and just only having Jaguar pods use them to charge. So you're putting the uh, charging stations down first as a way to start building that infrastructure, then the pods come Correct. secondary to that. Um, and what's the, what's the big goal for the pods? Does that become a mobile workstation for, for Correct. So anyone, anywhere? Correct. And there was something you mentioned earlier about, you know, with the VR meetings, one yeah. of the things we do we do envision is being able to have VR meetings in our pods. In your pods, wow, that yeah. could be interesting. Yeah, we're we we actually have a VR company that we're partnering with, and, and that's going to be supplying that end of the technology too. Um, so we have a space for work automated workspace on wheels. For, for, you know, that's another way to look at it: real estate space on wheels, and it's shared. That's what we believe the future is. We believe the future is going to be shared. It's going to be gig driven um, in the sense of people having flexibility on how much they want to work. They might choose they want to work 14 hours a day, 24 hours today, and that's it for the week, rather, or eight and spread it out the entire week. So our platform gives them an alternative to brick and mortar, but also allows them to bring their services in a safe, secured space to their customer, customer's preferred location. That's what we're after here. And just if you're familiar with other companies in the space like uh, Neuro, Neuro is identified as one of our competitors. They're, they have great relationships with Domino's and others, they more so focus on product delivery. And um, you know, right now they're delivering pizzas primarily and it works, we're, we're excited for them. Yeah, and that's a transportation solution primarily then. You know, how do you deliver a pizza? But you're you're thinking work first as as, as the pod. Correct. Um, what's the use case for someone who's who's your ideal customer? Um sure. somebody that's trying to travel and work at the same time, or somebody just needs work to show up to their house, or give me that demographic a little bit. I'm sure, sure. Our first target use case area is actually healthcare. So for example, like bringing COVID testing or any healthcare testing to your location as gotcha. opposed to you going there. As, and also, we all know when you go to a hospital or clinic, they just do that hour wait, or even when you're on time, you might wait a certain amount. So for your business, busy, busy business professional, you're able to bring, have this brought to you um, and save you time. And uh, you're able to do more things with that time um, that's been saved as well. And also, what we plan to do in so with smart city organizations, what we plan to do, what we're, we've had means with folks is uh, providing our pods to be used for transportation as well. Uh, we, have, we have demand right now or interest from on a government level for fleets and charging stations to be provided. We've submitted, we've had, we have contracts right now, sales contracts that are pending for our charging stations, infrastructure. And again, those charging stations are the low hanging fruit to get. Mm -hmm. Um, build relationships too with the cities as well, right. because we have to have that established before the pods get on. So it, it saves us time, going back to what we're talking about, which is saving us time as opposed to waiting for when the pods are on the road and we're like trying to get those relationships going. 
by doing this, we get those relationships. We sign with an advisor, shoemaker advisors, to help our government relationships nationwide and globally as well, a lawyer, a law firm. So the pods are kind of, could be, the, they could be a, a, the solution, a service provider builds their own custom pod for their business service and can deliver that then to the point of use uh, autonomously. So, correct, correct. So you can have so there are two. They're, they're, if you're a large organization, you can have your own single custom pod or fleets of that. Uh, if you are a small business, we'll have pods that are available to the public, where businesses can go rent. They can reserve them for X amount of period, a day, two days, right, and provide those services, right. So that's how that will work in. Um, on that side. So there's the B2B side and there's a the B2B2C side as well. Yeah, it's fascinating just thinking about all the applications that uh, are uh, you could bring to somebody. Um, you could bring somebody a gym, you know, with exercise equipment and put it in a pod. You could bring somebody a copier, you know, an off a Kinko's, uh, you know, more. Uh, the, what's the other one that actually need that is the, uh, the, uh, we, uh, um, I'm having a brain fart. Uh, <laughs> notary services. Notary services, yes. That's yeah. a big one. You ever tried using a notary service online? Speaking about, sometimes they don't show up online. Yeah, it's a mess. It's, you try to go to the bank and they don't always have somebody there. It's just it's, it's it's actually it's actually one of the, the markets that I've like looked at because again, for me, my personal experience, whenever I experience something inconvenient from hair to transportation and healthcare, I instantly start thinking, how can I use technology to reduce that? If I don't think I can do it, I live it alone. If I know I can do it, I go after it. I've, I've solved so many problems with technology. I know for sure, you know, that, that market is a very interesting one. And the, the good part is what we're looking to do is partner with other businesses. We're not the ones that's providing the services again, and they will have access to that space on wheels and the customer finds them on our platform and is connected. So you think the platform business model, like, you know, Uber Eats or any of those yep. class similar models where you have a marketplace and you facilitate, transa facilitate transactions between two parties and then you connect that logistics aspect. You know, Amazon bought Zooks for 1.2 billion last year. If you're yeah. familiar with Zooks and, you know, go, we, we, so one of the things that allowed Amazon to thrive during the pandemic was they control their logistics network. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, it's fascinating. I'm excited for you. And I can, and I, and I understand how you've got, you've had this idea that was, you know, 10 or 15, maybe 20 years away from coming to life. But now the pandemic just fast forwarded everything. I think I read a, I think it was Peter Thiel that did a, um, a TED talk once, like he did a study of all his portfolio businesses and tried to figure out what were the, what was in common with the ones that were most successful and you looked at, you know, capital raise, management team, business idea, uh, business model and timing and market timing was the one thing that had the highest correlation to success in all of his uh, businesses that were successful. And it's, that, you know, as a marketer, that makes sense, but it's market timing. It was the timing. You just, if you're too early, it, you know, it doesn't matter how much money you have or how much, uh, you know, I've been there. Money. So I know. Yeah. 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 I've been there. Every bit. I feel like every business person has probably experienced that. No one's right. Cause you, if you not, if you don't know what it's like to be too early, you can't tell when it's perfect time. You, you, you have to experience yeah. both too early, too late in order to know what, ah, this is, you know, perfect time. And all the people tell you, actually, because in my case, it was other people making me realize that we are, again, this execution, there's a lot of, just like you said, all those things that Peter Till mentioned, this team, our execution strategy and everything. So far, we're doing good. And there's room for us to be greater. And it's continuous. We have to earn that every day. And that's why me, me and other professional folks like yourself and that could work with us and that work with us. You know, we have our team comprised of engineers from Tesla, Lucid, um, Caterpillar. And so we're excited to just learn from everybody 
that just apply what we have to yeah it's, so it's very exciting and, and you know you've, you've kind of staged your rollout of your, your your business a little bit because of timing so the timing's perfect right now for ev charging stations right all the cities want them all the customers want them everybody needs them you made this the pods a little bit of a stretch right now yeah. today but that's coming. The timing will be ready for that. Right. You've got all the charging stations right. out there. So you've been thinking right. through as well. Yeah. Right. Thank you. Yeah. That's, that was, that's a strategy. I, I knew was with the pods. I knew I, I, sh and I know how, I know the timeline rather. I know where we are, where the market is. I have the data and this, I have all this information and data. So I'm literally, I'm, I love playing chess. Yeah. So it's literally, so you know, this is one of my best business decisions in the sense of pivots and market decision. Obviously there's still so many other decisions from product to sale to end user that have to take place. So again, this is, these are some insights and options in the sense of pivots or some things that made me pivot easier or make, made my pivoting decision easier because pivoting is never easy, but making a decision um, to pivot, which is hard, right? Because humans hate change, including yeah. myself. Or, yeah. you know, well, it's just how we are. Why go to something new when you already have this? Yep. Right. So when you have, when you're armed with data and experience, you know, it's easier. Yep. And I think there's, uh, you know, I, I hear that marketing's about solving challenges and business about solving problems. And uh, I've heard this. There's two types of problems out there. There's ones that people know they have, and the ones that they don't. And it, when you know you have a problem, it's a lot easier to sell something. So people know they need charging stations right now, so you can solve that problem. Yeah. But they don't know right. they need this this pod, this 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 you know, on-demand service pod. It's not something people think of and know that they have a problem because it's not there. But there, it's it, not there. It, it'll come. It'll come. Yeah. No. I mean, and that's actually it's it's I'm, reason I'm. I, I have a smirk on my face because that is literally with the pods what that is, right? I've combined different many, you know, inefficiencies and bad experiences from personal to other people's experiences, right? And, and you look at the space, most people are approaching from a transportation perspective or angle, right? Want to move products from point A to point B. That's what's been the case the last probably 10 years. That's what pods would be used for. No one's really looking at it from another angle. You had, you have Neuro doing pizza delivery, but still in sense transportation, but bringing business experiences, that's, that's different. That's, yeah, that's you also wanna, part you, of our patent that we filed. Is, yeah. I was thinking you want to go from the concept of, I need, I need a pod for pizza delivery to, I need a pizza oven delivered so I can make pizzas. Like that's the, the thinking that you need people to change, right? You don't need the pod to deliver the pizza. You need the pod to deliver the oven so the person can use it and make the pizza. And that's a big leap. Right. I see. I see. Yeah. Right. Giving them the space to do what, what it is that they want to do. Right. Um, if, and do it efficiently. So, I mean, there's a lot. So one another area too is um, people being able to, the biggest part for us is being able to Experience this service as well while you're on the go. Hence, Jago. Yes. It's more, the go is a mobility part. The name Jago was inspired by Goddess Commerce. Basically, if you wanted to get to this station and you were going from your office, you can reserve a part and tell your meeting partner, whoever's meeting with you, your colleague or business partner or accountant, whatever, meet with me here. Well, the parts pick, picks you up, picks them up, and takes yep. you both to the station. Now, you don't have to go here or go wherever. It's shared and you get off. It's automated. That's part of that. That's, I think you also touched on that earlier about being able to experience the service on the go. So that's actually what, we're, we're, what our end goal is. There's just milestones that we have to check off because U.S. regulations, NHTSA regulations um, doesn't allow certain, um, first of all, right now it doesn't allow the vehicle to be on its own completely. It has to be an attendant concierge supervised there, right? right? Basically not driving it, but super being present. So at the moment, the best use case areas that we've determined is healthcare, 
any personal care service that brings it to you, stops, waits for an hour, provides a service, not just an hour, but the time duration, provides a service and goes to the next stop. Yeah, goes to the next could be location. Right. Could be, uh, yeah, beauty care. Um, lots of lots of different versions of that might make. Yeah, yeah. healthcare is the healthcare is the, the um, healthcare with you know with um, and COVID testing, IV therapy, which is a growing yeah. area yeah. because of the pandemic. Everyone wanted to take it's a growing it's a fast growing business. So we've actually partnered with some health organizations um, that provide those services. So when our first pause on road data this year, that's what we'll be using it for us. On basically, in a sense, like on-demand healthcare service, and we spoke with some tech giants in the space. I can't mention the names, obviously, uh, that have a health sector and then also in logistics. You know, uh, on-demand space. Can't mention their name, and they're yeah. interested in working with us for on-demand healthcare uh, provisions and pharmaceutical needs. That's another another part too, and. Um, one of the one of our partners is interested in using them for healthcare transportation, which is still when I mean for elderly for um, people with disability, being able yeah. to transport them from their home, wherever location, to the hospital or wherever, without having to call Uber or any of the other means. As well. Yeah, I think about even things like dialysis, where. You know, people generally have to go into an area for a couple hours. You could trans, and, and it's difficult to bring that equipment and make it a permanent installation in your house. But if, you know, if your Jago could come by and with an attendant and get your treatment, that might be a much more comfortable way of, of managing that disease than, you know, some of the other options they have. Very, very interesting there. Huh. You're, you're like, I think I know one of our, VCs had mentioned that one of his uh, friends was dealing with that. So, or his father. So that's, you're like, the second verse was mentioned that. And we do see the possibilities of having mobile urgent care. This is right, right now what's in the way of that, um, or in the way of having a full-fledged urgent care is regulation. So that's why we're starting with those low-hanging fruits ones, like the IV therapy, because that has more room to be mobile right now, and it's easy right. to set up. And same thing with the with the testing, test COVID testing, especially primarily, um, doesn't need much equipment to place. Yeah, like blood samples, blood drives, blood drives, things of that nature. Yeah. yeah. It's a long way from the basketball court. <laughs> a long way from the basketball. A long way from the basketball. It's very interesting. It's been an interesting journey. I, I must tell you, uh, you know, but I do treat every. I do treat, like I mentioned earlier, what my how I approach our culture at Jego is like Bill Jackson. With I recruit the best people at roles from our CMO, CFO. Our CFO is a CFO for Miami Dade County. He used to play basketball too. Oh yeah. And now yeah. he's mad at, yeah. So now he's man, you know, he's managing, he's managing a billion with the city's IT infrastructure, with the, you know, financials over there. And he's bringing that wealth of experience to our team. I saw my approaches again from basketball mentalities, opportunity to create another, rather invite another leader who can help create other leaders. Yes. So he was there from day one. Um, and also our pilot market is supposed to be Miami, mm -hmm. city of Miami. So that the relationship that he, you know, the, and insights with him work, working at that county level, which, you know, is priceless. So that is my mentality. I don't think I have all the answers as a founder or as a CEO. No one does. And you, you work with teams. You know, that's why it's called a company group of people who are working together to or I bring a lot of the principles I learned and how I shape my mind, how I think from resilience to consistency because I one thing I learned from basketball is that you have to show up every single day. You stop working out, you stop training, you will lose that skill set. You might maybe with basketball if you don't play in a year or two years when you're not a professional, it doesn't matter, 
Right. We we could go a month, a year, two years. I played in two years and I made all these buckets and all these shots. You can't do that, right? Mark Cuban said business is a 24-7 sport. Yeah. Right. And you sport you why like what you mentioned there, right? Um if you every moment or time, the longer you wait, someone else is having that conversation. You know, someone's working hard to take your place in business. It's just the reality. So basketball helped me with that mentality, like showing how to be persistent. The biggest part is just being a team player. I've also found good analogies between sports and business. Um, you know, from the from the team perspective and the individual perspective, like you like you were saying, there's there's a lot of good, a lot of things that we learn. That's why I've always wanted my kids to grow up participating in a sport, something that they could learn what it takes to to be self-motivated, but also part of a team. Because I, I knew, you know, as they grow and go into other areas of, of uh, life, that, that that knowledge transcends just the sport. And you've, you've, you know, you've, you've out articulated that today, it's kind of your approach to leadership, the lessons from, from playing basketball yourself, but it's so true, so true. Indeed, indeed. And if you don't mind sharing what were what what are some your favorite uh, insights from sports? Like what was for? Because you did mention from a team and individual perspective. I just want I'm curious from one or either from a team or the individual perspective. What was some insights that you learned or still apply? Actually, like yeah. you flying telling the client that I'll see you in person in the world where people are like, no, <laughs> let's do Zoom. Like now, let me see you in person. I'm going to come to. That, that's like the show up is that the show up mentality i guess yeah i think the like some of the insights that come to mind for me is um uh i, I don't want to say that you know it's like life's like playing a game but if you if you if you enjoy the game if you enjoy the sport you know it's not it's not a lot of you're motivated to continue to improve and do better. And I think business is a lot like that. If you can find the right business, something that you're passionate about, like a soccer team you join or a basketball team or whatever team it is, you want to be there and you want to do your best and you're motivated and excited. And I, so I think that's an insight I take when you're on a good team or you're in a, you're playing something that you love to play, you're, you're at your best. And when you're not, you're not like, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not tall enough to dunk a basketball, but you know, I, I kick a soccer ball. So, you know, that's, that's, that's where I gravitated towards. Um, so I think that's part of it. I think the competition, you know, you're, and it's not just like you, you're most sports. You're not taught just to win, to win. You, you taught to play the game and winning's a result of playing the game. Well, but if you lose, that's okay too. You, there's another game to play. So it's, mm-hmm. it's the competition drives you, but it's not the end game. You know, winning is not the end game. And you learn that wow. And the lessons that you learn when you don't win or when you make mistakes or when you, uh, some of the best lessons I have growing up is when I made the worst plays on the, on the football team, when I, uh, you know, got beat deep. I mean, I still don't, I still don't forget about getting beat deep. I didn't do my assignment. I didn't make my coverage and it cost us the game. And that's, you know, 30 years later, it's still imprinted on me. And it it reminds you, you you gotta do your assignment. You gotta do your work. You gotta do the things you're supposed to do to help the team. And so those are just some of the general lessons and insights I think we get from sports. Um, that's not, you can get it from other ways, but I think sports is probably the easiest thing for people to tap into to get some of those lessons. It is. I love, I love those insights, man. And I, I took, I took notes because, you know, it, it is, like you said, there's always going to be another game and that's yeah. another shot, you know, and that's how I approach as well so you know as soon as you, you take that shot in soccer when you you, you kick it and the goalie catches it or you miss i mean you could play 90 minutes of play of soccer that was my first sport before i learned basketball funny enough so but i ended up being too slow to catch up with the speed of at the time <laughs> i had a growth sprout so i couldn't catch up with soccer players because we were yeah, fast. fast i could play striker i could be a striker or goalie but i just ended up i f- ended up falling in love with basketball and when I, at the time when I started, I was in the tallest. I was actually short to compare it to law. I just loved the sport. I don't yeah. know why. I just loved it. Still love soccer, though. I, 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 
it's funny because I do leg raises with my basketball. But oh, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, obviously not like you soccer players. Like I could do like probably like five or yeah. three, three leg raises. But I love on the court. I enjoy like if, you, if it's out of bounds and you have like send it back in, in court or inbounds. I just, yeah. I usually, you know, you know that little move you do with the dribble move where you use your leg and push it to the side. And then you, yeah, kind of like when yeah. you're having a long distance kick yeah. from one side. Yeah, I love doing that on the court. So, yeah. but. I'm not, you know, that's just like, just like you said, that preparation, like things that you remember. One of the things I do remember from sports is getting my ass worked and yep. soccer. <laughs> yep. And knowing what's, what's, what's your strengths, right? That's again, going back yes. to, I'm not going to go set up a medical equipment, right? That's not my area. That's not my strength. I don't build medical equipment. I will get my ass, excuse my friend, <laughs> hand it to me by people who are experts in that area. Right. Right. And, you know, anything is possible in life. You just, you're just going to try and way harder and longer than someone who's been doing that for a long time. So, again, yeah, principles that you, it, trans, it really does transcend sport. It really does. Yep. And, you know, my, my son played soccer too, and I remember him telling me once that his coach said, you know, soccer is a game of mistakes, and the team that usually wins has, just makes the least amount of mistakes. And that was, that was an interesting way. It wasn't all about doing the right thing. It was doing less of the wrong things. Um, and I think some of that plays out in business. I think in marketing, a lot of that is, re is, is real because there's so many tests, so many things you're always trying to figure out marketing. Marketing is not as easy as um, other aspects of business because you're, no. you're trying to test and figure out, you're trying to figure out the person, what makes them excited, what the words to use on the website, you know. And you're just testing all this type of stuff. and A-B testing all the way. Yeah, all the time, all the time. And so it's, you know, you're going to make mistakes. But if you can make less of them, get lucky now then, uh, you're going to have better results. Indeed. I, I like that analogy of figuring out how to make less, less mistakes um, as opposed to, um, I mean, you know, mistakes are inevitable, right? Yep. It's like, I guess when you prepare more, you reduce the number of mistakes Right. I get, or get more practice, right? right? The number of touches you have on the ball, the number of practices you make, you're going to get better and better every time. Indeed. One, one percent better. That's another yeah. insight on my side. Yeah. One percent better daily. Agreed. Well, this was, this was fantastic, Frederick. I really enjoyed our conversation. We, we covered a lot of different things from a lot. basketball to, to medical devices to, uh, technology, all sorts of stuff. Soccer. Let's not forget soccer, man. That, yeah. that, I literally, when you were talking about that, just just remember my, you know, days playing soccer. And, you know, yeah. Yeah, it was it was good. What's the best way for uh, our audience to get in touch with you? If somebody heard something that they wanted to, to pick your brain on more or reach out, what's the best way for them to do sure. that? Sure. They can find me on LinkedIn, my full name. I, I'm sure you spell it out. Yeah, we'll have it in the we'll have in the show notes. So LinkedIn's the best way to, to grab you. That's perfect. LinkedIn and you can find um Jago as well on Instagram. So it's Jago Technologies. So J-E-G-O Technologies. And then you can find me on Instagram as well. Uh I answer questions. We all have lives on Instagram. So my handle as well, I can share that. It's above average mind. So above average mindset. So A B O V A B underscore mind. A-B-O-V-A-B -A -B underscore mind. And we do, as mentioned, we do have our seed round active. So you can learn more about Jago. There are videos and images and write-ups that has been vetted by uh, several levels of compliance in SC. It's visible at startengine.com forward slash Jago. That's startengine.com forward slash Jago, J-E-G-O. Great. All right, well, we'll make sure to get all those details in the show notes so people can easily find you. And I really appreciate it. It's been great today. Thank you, Frederick. Thanks again. Joe, I appreciate your time. And this was very, very, very engaging conversation. And as you had mentioned, it will be, you know, relaxed, but also very insightful. I, I left this session with a lot of insights. And I'm looking forward to learning more about your fractional CMO uh, business as well. Great. Love to share more on that. Sounds great, Joe. I appreciate it, Tom. 
it was great connecting with you again. And that's a wrap. There's another successful episode of the Fractional C-Suite Retreat. See our show notes and more episodes at fractionalcsuiteretreat.com. This podcast is sponsored by Your CMO, helping organizations grow, save time and money with better marketing strategy and fractional execution. Visit them at yorcmo.com, yourcmo.com, spelled wrong on purpose.